Welcome back into the show, everybody. Good morning. I'm Scott Prather. It's ESPN1420N.com and the ESPN1420 app. And uh, I am excited because my next guest, someone I've wanted to have on the show for a while, Ben Mintz of Barstool Sports. But uh, that, that only tells a part of the story. First off, Ben, good morning, man. How are you? I'm oh, doing good. Thank you for having me on the show, Scott. I, I, I'm glad you could do it, man. Um, for for those, well, first off, first first things first. What's what's your favorite Beastie Boys song of all time? Oh man, uh, golly, I, I like the Beastie. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of options. I didn't. I didn't. I saw you mention you were going to ask this, it's, and I knew I was going to struggle to answer. It's kind of um, like Sophie's Choice in a way, you know. Except it's not just yeah, two. It's like 10. I mean, I'm going to be lame and say Fight for Your Right to Party, even though that's the generic one, but. I mean, I just loved it when I was when I was in high school. I was going nuts with it, so I guess I have some good memories with I it. I mean, you can't just the beginning riff. I mean, I, that that thing comes on in our house, and my kids just it's it's like they just got a shot of espresso or something. They just start going insane. So, <laughs> um, and yet, back when I was you know five years old, I did the same thing. So I, all I can do is kind of nod my head in respect. Ben, for those that you know maybe aren't as as in tune with Barstool and kind of your story. You know, I know a little bit of it. I know you're a former poker player. I know you're uh, you're from Louisiana. You you went to Ole Miss. You're a big Ole Miss guy. You've worked in sports radio. Can you give our listeners just a quick backstory of your journey to what you're doing right now? Okay, I'll I'll, I'll give it a solid Cliff Notes version of it. Um, yeah, I was a poker pro from 2006 to 2014, New Orleans from 09 to 14. Um, and at, at my peak, I was like top 200 in the world in online poker, and I did well in the World Series main event in 2011 and 18. But uh, I, I went back to I actually went back to Ole Miss when I was like 30, 31 years old to finish my degree um, in 2014 and 15. And when I got done, I really wasn't sure what I was going to do. And uh, my buddy Sean Fox, who does sports radio up in North Louisiana, uh, kind of hit me up like saying, "Hey." Um, there's a job opportunity for you in Shreveport, even though you don't have a lot of experience. I'm going to recommend you this job because I think you know a lot about sports and have a funny personality. And uh, that was how Mixing It Up With Mints was born. I was the drive-time sports radio guy in Shreveport, Bossier, from December of 2015 to March 2020. And uh, I got let go. The the old the words you never want to hear in radio, station reformat change. Uh, that's never Those are never good words for you. Um, so I got let go with COVID and I uh, actually went and played online poker for three months, like the old days in Oxford. And I luckily, uh, I had good relationship with ESPN Baton Rouge because I've done a lot of stuff with T-Bob Hebert and those guys down there. And uh, I actually got hired by them uh, in late June last year. And honestly, Scott, that was the job I wanted because I've been working in Shreveport Bossier, working up the ESPN Baton Rouge was you know, I thought I was going to be there the next three to five years, and then I had a video go viral after Ole Miss beat Kentucky, uh, me being just fired up doing the Ole Miss high toddy chant. And uh, the next morning, I, I mean, I, I didn't think anything of it. My, my producer put it on social media, kind of messing around for, you know, ESPN Baton Rouge. And the next morning, I'm driving to Natchez for a Sunday morning ESPN Baton Rouge show with Rohan Day and Jimmy Ott. And I look down, and my phone goes off like a bomb, and it's Dave Portnoy, still president, tweeting SEC football hits different with my idiotic self yelling at the TV, uh, the hotty toddy and pumped up. And then he follows me on Twitter and DMs me and said, hey, man, we're ready for you to come by our workforce at Barstool Sports. That's and wild. So it happened that fast. And 
I kind of jumped out of my chair and, uh, you know, he said, you can either stay south or move to New York. You know, we really just want the content. And uh, I didn't, I wasn't a big stoolie, to be honest. I knew Dave Big Hat, I called them, but that was about it. And uh, I kind of did some research on it and realized, like, if I wanted, you know, this is a huge opportunity and the right move is to move up to New York and give this thing a shot. And we're about 10 months in, and uh, so far, so good, because I'm a part of a ton of stuff up here, and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, man, uh, very involved, whether it be the Fantasy Football Factory, Pick Central, whatever it might be. Um, good to see the success, man, and it's wild. You never know how fast something could happen, but you just being you has kind of put you in this spot. So um, you said you you know, you know lived in New Orleans for a stretch. Where did you – did you did you grow up in Louisiana or Mississippi? Yeah, Where, so I grew up in – I'm a North Louisiana. I grew up in Monroe. Okay. Um, but I, I let, you know, I lived there till I was 18 and then I was an old Miss in Oxford for like a long time. Cause I was kind of hanging on, like playing poker, but not really caring about school. And then I was in new Orleans for five years and back to Oxford, then Shreveport, Baton Rouge, now New York. Gotcha. So it's been a, you know, I, I'm, I mean, I, I'm from Louisiana, but I do, my family has a farm in the Mississippi Delta, which is why I have old Miss ties. My mom's a big old Miss person. So, honestly, to be truthful, it's kind of worked out good for Barstool because they got a lot of support in both states. Yeah. Right, good stuff. Ben Mintz, our guest, ESPN 1420. So, uh, I noticed on, you know, some things you wrote, you were, uh, you were pretty jacked up, pretty high on that Jameis to Callaway connection. Um, <laughs> is that is that the a, a fan in you? Is that the better in you? A fantasy player in you? What are your thoughts oh, that, on that? That was that was that was that, that was kind of tongue in cheek. I don't know if you read it. I was like, of course the Saints are going back to the Super Bowl. Like that was kind of me joking. That's that's how Saints fans are during a preseason game, though, right? You got to overreact to a couple yeah. of great one handed grabs. Yeah. Oh no, I love. Well, I mean, I, I've always liked Jameis going back to. I, I I had Florida State thirty three to one to win the national title and they won it in two thousand thirteen and that was one of the best futures bets I've ever had in my entire life and so there's a soft spot in my heart for Jameis Winston from that whole thing and so uh, I'd like to see him turn it around and do well in New Orleans and I have a ton of faith in Sean Payton uh, for a million different reasons and so you know I'm, I'm like, oh, this thing works out you know I'm looking forward to following it. Uh, obviously the Saints lost a lot in free agency last year. And, you know, this isn't a rebuilding year, I'd say. But, you know, I don't expect them to win 12 or 13 games like they have the last four years. But I still think they can be, you know, very, a very successful season, fight, you know, possibly be a playoff team still. And, you know, I'm glad to see Jameis. Looks like he's taking the reins for that job. Speaking of future bets, um, you mentioned that Florida State line from 2013. So the Saints, I think, uh, over at the the Barstool Sportsbook, they're plus 3,300 right now. Um, uh, Saints Super Bowl, I think only a, a hardcore fan would actually put money huh. on that. I mean, that's not that's not a good bet to place in your mind, right? No, I don't think so, but. Uh, I, I, the over/unders nine wins, and I mean, I think the Saints are looking at you know, I, I kind of think they could win ten game, you know, ten and seven now in the six, you know, seventeen game season. Uh, I'm not taking them thirty three to one to win the Super Bowl, but I do think the organization, you know, just because Breeze is gone, I don't think they fall off a cliff. I mean, the Saints are eight and one the last couple of years in games Breeze hadn't started with Bridgewater and Jason Hill, and you know, that's a testament to what they've built on uh, the, the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. You got one of the best offensive lines in football. And the D-line's been incredible for a while. I know they did lose some depth in this offseason, but I still think hopefully this is the big Marcus Davenport, in, you know, injury-free breakout year that we've been waiting on for a while. But, uh, 
you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to be unrealistic. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying, you know, you're talking about a team that's won 49 games the last four years. I mean, that's a hard, it's an incredible standard of excellence to keep up. But, you know, I still feel like they could have a, a pretty solid year and uh, they're not going to fall back too much. Ben Mintz, our guest um, on Twitter, it is uh, at, at, at ba- Bar- Barstool Mincy. Barstool Mincy. Uh, you might see the name Bob, that is him, uh, over 55,000 followers and counting. Uh, LSU, uh, plus 4,000 when you look at national title. I think the last line I looked at, minus 4.5 at UCLA. Um, getting to week one lines in a minute. Starting with just plus 4,000, and then I think the over-under win total maybe at 8.5 last I checked. What are your thoughts on LSU this year from a betting standpoint? I think they're going to be pretty good. And uh, I think rumors of LSU's demise of the football program are greatly exaggerated. I don't want to write the whole last year off on the COVID thing, but it was a very, very weird situation with the opt-outs and coming off the national title. Coach O will tell you he blew those hires on Bo Pelini and Scott Linehan. I mean, both of those were <laughs> complete disasters. But I like him going back to the Joe Prady tree on offense and teeth. Durante Jones a lot more of an unknown a defensive coordinator, but you do got to like him coming out of Mike Zimmer's coaching tree because Zimmer certainly knows what he's doing. Um, but I liked what I saw out of Max John here. And, you know, Keyshawn Butte, that game he had in the rain against uh, that monsoon against Ole Miss when he broke all the SEC records, a lot to like there. And with Elias Ricks and Derek Stingley, you know, you got the top clever corner combo in the country. I know, you know, the, the lines weren't as good last year, but they do bring back a ton of depth. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say national championship for LSU, but I think bounce back year to nine and three back to toward the top of the SEC is very, very in play. And, you know, I, I just really, like I said, I like what I saw out of Max Johnson. I think he's a, he's a guy that's going to be a leader and a guy the team could believe in. And, you know, and you know, having Brad Johnson as his dad, I think he's a smart guy too, which doesn't hurt the quarterback position. And, you know, I don't, I don't know about 11 and one or anything like that, but I, I still think LSU could finish second or third in the SEC West, and uh, I think it's going to be a good year. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I'm I'm not quite as high on the Saints. I'll grant it. The fan in me still bought a ticket for them to win it all, even though I know it's not going to happen. But I think, you know, they're probably more seven and ten. But as far as LSU goes, with you Ben, I'm I'm with you. I think one of the more improved teams, just based on last year's win loss record, but not necessarily in the title hunt but when you finish five and five you have a lot of room for improvement I think you know the Tiger fan base having worked at ESPN Baton Rouge and work with our mutual friend T-Bob um you know <laughs> if if LSU somehow drops the week one game at UCLA it'll be uh panic and Armageddon and then eventually they'll probably settle in so they're I think I I, I looked at the line a couple days ago I think it was minus four and a half at UCLA how you feeling about that from a betting standpoint and just a game standpoint in terms of who wins, who loses? Well, what's interesting with UCLA is uh, Chip Kelly, his record's not good there, and he took over a complete rebuild because Jim Moore left the thing on fire. Uh, and now, you know, he's, he's, his guy's got a lot of experience now. They lost a bunch of close games last year. I think LSU's got an advantage, the line of scrimmage on them. And UCLA does play a week zero game here this week against Hawaii. I know this is a little, I don't know, I want to say advanced gambling strategy, but I kind of hope UCLA kicks the crap out of Hawaii on TV and everybody sees it. So everybody will overrate UCLA's chances against LSU. Um, I, I think that would set this game up well. Uh, I like LSU to go in there and take care of business. I wouldn't say it's like a max play or anything like that. But, you know, you look back and ask, wow, they do well in these season opening games. I mean, I know – 
you know, they lost to Wisconsin and Lambeau. But other than that, I mean, you know, they seem like they always win these week one showcase games going back to when they beat Chip Kelly in Oregon and the Honey Badger come out party. I guess that was back in 2011. But so I always like LSU in these big kickoff games. Um, I don't know that UCLA's home field advantage is anything I'm too, too concerned about either. So I feel pretty good about LSU week, week one. Ben Mintz, our guest, they call him Mincy. Uh, he works for Barstool Sports and uh, doing big things up in the Big Apple, talking some betting right now. Ben, we're the uh, flagship station for the uh, UL Raging Cajuns. Billy Napier, one of the bigger names in coaching this year. Uh, the Cajuns ranked in the top 25. Um, you know, I mean, future bets national title, I think it's like plus 100,000. I mean, that's, that's the case when you have um, – uh, a G5 program. But my question more in regards to that is in terms of like the long bets for a national title, when the college football playoff moves to 12 teams, do you anticipate much of a change at all in terms of the betting lines for like a really, really good G5 school? Or do you still think just by nature of the beast, it's always going to be super long odds? I get it right now. I mean, four teams, you're never going to get in. But when it gets to 12, do you think anything changes in the bet game? Maybe a little bit slightly, but the problem, the 12-team thing does help the G5, but this NIL thing hurts the G5 a ton because of how much money these Power 5 sponsors and stuff can get to their players. And so I, I don't know that that helps the G5 long-term as far as their footing to have to compete with that. But ULL is an interesting uh, case study because the thing ULL, ULL's got a lot of things going for it. they got a great fan base. I mean, Lafayette really gets behind ULL a lot more than you see with a lot of the other G5 teams. I mean, there's a pride and a passion in Lafayette with that school. That's uh, it's, it's cool. I mean, I think it's it's a great it's a great thing. And uh, ULL 20 returning starters this year. And Napier flirted with Auburn and turned you know I think turned it down, turned down Mississippi State when they hired Leach. I mean, pretty incredible how much he enjoys being there and how much experience his team has. Uh, I expect them to have another uh, excellent year. And what a season opener they've got against Texas and a great chance to win this game. You know, you look at – I do like Texas's hire, Steve Sarkeesian. I believe in second chances in life. And I think he's going to be a lot better head coach this time around when he doesn't have alcohol problems. And I like their defensive coordinator hire, Pete Kowski from Washington. But – you know, it's still year one, and uh, I think he's got to get his guys in there. I think Texas is right for the picking, and uh, ULL's got a chance to, for the second year in a row to knock off a Big uh, Big 12 opponent on the road. And if they pull that off, that's going to be such a big national game. I mean, they're off and running this year. So, ULL plus nine and a half at Texas. Where, where are you leaning? It sounds like you're leaning toward the Cajuns. I am leaning toward the Cajuns in this game. I mean, I just think Texas has just got so much new, new coach, and you know, ULL, from what I've seen of them over the last uh, few years, they're a really good underdog. They play, you know, they, they play a decent amount of close games, but I feel like they're comfortable in that underdog role. And then, I mean, how can you not? You look back at what they did to Iowa State. I mean, they destroyed Iowa State last year, who ended up, you know, winning a BCS bowl game and almost winning the Big 12. I don't think UOL is not going to be intimidated going into Austin or nervous or any of that stuff. So I'm leaning to UOL in the, in the nine and a half points, and I think they got a shot to pull this thing off. Raging Cajuns, uh, even odds at nine and a half over under win total. Um, I like the over in that one. Between the Cajuns, Tigers, and Saints, who do you think wins the most games this year? Mm, interesting one. Uh, so. Th- 
The over-unders are Saints 9, LSU 8.5, and, and, L- and ULL's what, not UL- ULL's 9.5? Uh-huh. Mm, man, oh, man, that's a good question. I mean, I think you'd say it for, you, for, for Lafayette. I think they've got a good shot to, pu- to pull that off. I, I've got I, I have the Saints about 9 and 8 and LSU about 9 and 3, and I think ULL, UL could go 9 and 3 or 10 and 2. Um, so I guess I'll say, I'll say the Raging educations. All right, Ben Mintz is our guest. You know, uh, the the branding side of it, calling them Louisiana or UL. I know you, you know, you 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 grew up in Monroe, yeah, you were an Ole Miss for a long Monroe, time. <laughs> I, I know, but I just I can hear fans right now like cringing, and I'm like, look, he's you know he, he's 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 shifting it, he's doing it, you know, throughout the segment, leaning toward it. But um, yeah, man, you know, it's the the Rage Occasions. I think most anticipated season. I think it's the deepest team they've ever had, and I think while you don't try to build up a week one game so much, I think they have a lot more to gain than lose in that game. But if you win Texas, then you're probably ranked in the teens the rest of the year unless you stub your toe. And for a G5 team, just for perception purposes, man, having that number next to you all year as you start to climb, they could say preseason rankings don't matter, but the reality is last year, you know, if Cincinnati, let's say Coastal had finished undefeated and they didn't, um, you know, if 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 they had basically been ranked preseason ranked and Cincinnati wasn't, you know, they would have been that team that would have been the highest ranked G5 team. So I think when you're one of those few select G5s going into a season and you want to run the table, what you're ranked preseason, they could say it doesn't matter. It it matters a ton. If, if you do what you're supposed to do, by the time December rolls around, it's going to make a big difference in your chance of getting into a select six or being on the outside looking in. Yeah, certainly, and I think U L. They go get it right on that one. Uh, they've, they've. If they beat Texas, the fact that they're already hyped up and ranked, I mean, you're right. They're going to be in the talk all year in the top twenty, and it's just so interesting the G five because you know you're trained that your conference games are what matters most, but I mean the Texas game means uh, it's just so astronomical for this program because literally what winning this does is springboarding them. Uh, you know, that's going to be the game that the common fan remembers, no matter if they win Sunbelt or not. You know, you're, you're most, the people, a lot, a lot of the common fans are going to remember their performance against Texas. And so that, it's just amazing how much pressure and how much is on the line at week one for the Cajuns. But I, I can't wait to see the game. Ben Mintz, our guest, uh, at Barstool Mincy on Twitter. Guys, give him a follow. Great stuff. Check out everything he's doing over there at Barstool. Um, appreciate you coming on, man. Before I let you go, you know, I've seen some of your um, epic reactions, whether the, the it's the highs or the lows. Um, I did, I mean, I have to admit, when you were at the College World Series and the home run happened while you were talking, <laughs> I can't even, I can't even lie. I was, I laughed, man, and and I, oh, you know, I, it's good. I, I was, I was crying and laughing. It was, time, you're talking about the betting, and then boom, as you're talking, uh, this pitching duel. I don't remember exactly what it said, but the look on your face. Jack Leiter. It was a zero-zero game, and neither team hardly had any hits. And I was like, <sighs> first, whoever scores first is going to win this game. And then, and then, but it's just, it's a home run right behind my head, right field. I mean, you literally can't make this stuff up. <laughs> He has been 1420. I'm Scott Bray. All right, Ben, before I let you go, man, um, as a guy that's, you know, was a professional poker player for years, uh, work in the betting game. I know you like to place bets. Everyone out there, bet responsibly. Um, what, what is, I'm sure you have a lot of stories, honestly, but what's the worst bad beat of your life? 
Oh, easily. Day day three of the World Series, Maine, in 2012. Uh, I was one. I was doing really, really well, and this this poker pro named Joe Chung, who has got third in the main, big big pro, uh, he just bombed it off, like punted to me really bad when uh, he had King Jack and I had Ace King for like the chip lead of the World Series main on day three, and he just hit this jack on me that just crushed me. <laughs> um, because and that that one because it's the main. Because the thing with poker. There's always another tournament except for the World Series Main. And the World Series Main in poker has a brand that's strong. I mean, kind of like the Masters or Super Bowl or, you know, I'm not saying that poker's near the sporting events, but, you know, the World Series Main, like, even people that don't care about poker care about the World Series Main. And so when you bust out of that one, you know, that one means more than the rest of them all combined. And so that one, I just remember, I just, like, I just had to get out of the public eye immediately on that one. But that, that, stood out because I would have been chip leader of the main event on day three. But uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll say that's the, the one that I remember the most. Uh, that, that one hurt. The Boise State hook and ladder, I had Oklahoma real big on that famous hook and ladder, uh, the Fiesta Bowl, into, into the, the one where Ian Johnson, yeah. the running back, against his, his cheerleader girlfriend to marry him on the field after. That, that one, I, I have some rough memories as well. While, while most of the country was just sitting there in awe and, and loving the underdog, Ben was somewhere in New Orleans just devastated. Yeah, not, not, not have. Oh, yeah, and the other one I'd like to mention quickly was uh, 2004 final. I had UConn by one and a half big, and Chris Duhon, old slot L boy, uh, banked in uh, a half court shot at the buzzer for Duke to lose by one, and, and, and like it did, Duke didn't win the game, but it was that was one of the craziest. You see, like bad beat stories are tough, but like I'll always listen to one of those. No, no, and, and don't take this the wrong way. You know, you guys do a great job with the fantasy football factory, but like I, I see somebody. Oh God, hey, I listen to the show. Hey, listen to what happened. Man, I was up by like two in my fantasy league, and it's like I'm sorry, bro. I don't care. Like, give me I, if you if yeah, you won if you won because some guy you know got a safety or or he, or the opposing quarterback knelt down on the final play and got negative point one rushing yards. That's cool, good for you. I don't care. Give me the like just devastating. I don't know what it is about it. Like as long as you're betting responsibly, I won't I won't feel bad if I chuckle a little because everybody everybody has a bad beat sometimes and if uh, you don't laugh in the moment but i'm sure as time goes on maybe eventually you can you know you can kind of move on a little bit yeah i try to focus on the good beats too because i think we as humans naturally focus on the negative a little more and i try to just look at life with a little more of a positive attitude so i try to focus on the good ones as well well look dude this has been a blast i appreciate it man um Congrats on the success, guys, at Barstool Mincy. Check out his stuff. Anything else you want to plug before we let you go, dude? Oh, man, the fan, you mentioned the Fantasy Football Factory pod. And uh, I want to mention that sports gambling coming to Louisiana, hopefully in October. And uh, LaBear's Lake Charles and Baton Rouge are both good friends of Penn Gaming and uh, Barstool Sports. So I'm hoping to be down in that area doing some fun stuff with that in the future. So I'm very, uh, very looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, and hopefully I'll be down in Louisiana some this football season for some Saints or LSU games. And uh, good luck to the Cajuns in Austin next Saturday. And, uh, you know, I, I don't uh, – hopefully I didn't, didn't mean to, to, to ruffle too many feathers with those. No, hey, I'm look, you, you, uh, you come to, uh, to a game uh, at UL, and I know uh, they're going to cook for you with some tailgate. And maybe you can come to – maybe one of those midweek games or something. If you're down here promoting the, the Barstool Sportsbook or something, we, uh, we'll make sure you get fed yeah. and, uh, and get some good Southern hospitality. Heck yeah, well, I appreciate you having me on the show, Scott. All right, good stuff. That is Ben Mintz. Don't go anywhere.
Great Scott Show continues after this. Nerland's Noel suing Rich Paul for how much? Does he have a case? We'll explain next. ESPN 1420. You gotta fight for your 